welcome to another episode of Rafi's Roundup. I'm, of course, your host, Rafi, and uh, WandaVision. <laughs> it's almost done, so, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that when the show's done, because, okay, <laughs> this is a horrible intro. Every time I've been doing these WandaVision episodes, I feel kind of, like, conflicted, because the whole point of doing these solo podcasts was to talk about stuff I wanted to talk about. And I do want to talk about WandaVision. But the problem there is that because it's a weekly show, it sort of has turned this show into just a WandaVision like, review podcast. Which isn't something I really want to do. Um, I think maybe when the show's done, I might do like a full review of the show. Um... But I guess that would sort of require me to rewatch the whole thing together, like kind of like um, like binge watch it, which I'm not super opposed to. I'm not wasting anyone's time really. Um, but like, I don't know. And again, the other thing too is you know after WandaVision we're gonna get uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which can I just say I don't know if I've talked about this, but I really don't like the title of that show, like, I get it, it's about Falcon, it's about Winter Soldier, but, like, I have kind of a, a nitpick against, like, long titles for movies or TV shows, um, I honestly would have called it Sam and Bucky, but, I don't know, they really want that, that name value, I guess, but I think with that show, I don't know if I'm going to talk about it week to week, but I also don't know if it's going to have as much to talk about as, like, WandaVision, um, I guess we'll see when 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 the show comes out, but if it's a small enough show, I might talk about it as like a segment in uh in Rafi's Roundup. But if I feel like I need to have like an hour to talk about the show or something, um, maybe I'll just do it as a separate thing as a Rafi reviews, or I'll make up some sort of new show that covers specifically Marvel shows on Disney Plus. Um, because otherwise there is stuff that's, you know, happening in the world that I do want to talk about. Um, I feel like something important happened recently. Um, I guess there's all the Snyder Cut stuff. Um, they're casting a new Supergirl for the Flash movie that I guess is still happening somehow. Um, what else? I think I think J.J. Uh, Abrams is working on a on a Superman movie with a African American Superman. Um, oh, they gave the third Spider Man movie a title, Spider Man Far. Uh, no, not Far From Home. <laughs> How fucking weird would that be? They just gave it the same title as the first one, um, Spider Man No No Way Home. With two no's. Um, but yeah, there's there's stuff happening out there in the world, and I want to be able to talk about it, talk about other things, but. WandaVision has sort of just been the main thing that everyone's talking about, which is fine. It's a really good show. And again, it's almost done, which f feels crazy to me. Because <laughs> we got so much sort of out of the way in this week's episode. Episode 8, um, what's this episode called? Is it called Previously On? Yeah, Previously On. Um, but we got so much explained that it's like you would kind of expect there to be, like, three more episodes. But no, next week, or not even next week, at the time of this recording, it's Wednesday. So in two days is the last episode of WandaVision. Um, I'm hoping it's... I don't know. I don't know if they listed how long the episode's going to be. I know this episode is, like, 47 minutes, so 
I don't know. It's just gonna be weird because they have to wrap up so many things. They gotta wrap up Monica. They gotta wrap up Agatha, Wanda's whole deal, Vision's whole deal. Um, I'm assuming there's some kind of big reveal with Hayward. I don't know. And then and then the, like the whole Westview thing and how that how that sort of gets undone if it gets to undone at all. Um, how are they gonna fit the X Men and uh, the Fantastic Four in there? Oh. Man, how are they gonna? <laughs> how are they gonna uh, um, confirm multiversal travel in the last episode of this show? Um, we got a couple things to talk about here. <laughs> this was another um, sort of uh, explanation episode. Uh, we got one of these with episode four. Now we're getting another one of them. Uh, it's fine. It's it's a really it's an entertaining episode, um, and it's interesting. We got a lot of reveals kind of pointed out in this episode. Uh, so, for one thing, we're sort of breaking out of the sitcom stuff. This episode is all, it's mostly flashbacks, honestly, which is, again, okay. Um, I guess that's why the episode's called Previously On. Haha, <laughs> I get it. Um, oh, we open the episode with, uh, Agatha's backstory, which is like, I think we're in like Salem, Mass, in like eight, eight, no, sorry, 1693 in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, Agatha is, like, being put on some sort of trial. She's gonna be, like, burned at the stake, basically, by other witches. Uh, there's, like, eight of these witches, and one of them is her own mother. And the idea is that in her youth, I guess, Agatha used dark magic, and these witches are gonna punish her, and they tell her that she can't change. You're bad. You're never gonna not be bad. <laughs> um... So they try to kill her with their magic. And what's interesting is that they all, uh, what is it, Agatha's mother, who has blue magic, ooh, um, when she uses her magic, she gets, like, this little magical crown around her head, which made me think, oh, I'm guessing Wanda's powers fully sort of develop. Maybe when she uses her powers, she'll get a little crown, too, because, of course, in Scarlet Witch's actual costume, she has, like, this M-shaped crown. Um, I guess you can call it a crown. It's more like a tiara. I don't know. But, yeah, her mom's got blue magic, and they she tries to kill her daughter, Agatha, along with all these other witches trying to help out. And Agatha's dark magic is so powerful, it actually, like, drains the life out of all these witches. Which kind of makes a direct reference to the Yo! Magic commercial from a couple episodes ago. Where that giant shark is like, hey dude, have this yogurt. Oh, you can't open it? That sucks. <laughs> like, the kid's trying to open his magic and then, like, is drained in the process. So, I'm guessing that's what this is a reference to. Or vice versa. But, uh, already something kind of interesting here. The witches have blue magic, which I don't think we've seen before. We, we've seen very little of actual magic in the MCU. But we haven't seen blue magic before. We have seen purple magic. Um, it sort of shows up in Doctor Strange. It's the magic that comes from um, the Dark Dimension. So, Dormammu, um, Mads Mikkelsen's character with the weird crystal eyes, he uses dark magic. I don't think Baron Mordo uses dark magic, but we've seen that color before in the same kind of magical style. So, already sort of drawing a parallel between Scarlet Witch's story and Doctor Strange's story, it seems like the dark magic that characters like Agatha are using or talking about might be connected to the dark dimension. 
which sort of explains why it's such a deadly magic to use. Um, let's see. So she kills all those witches and takes, uh, what is it? Takes her mother's brooch, which is the brooch she wears in the, the entirety of WandaVision. Um, the other interesting thing here, so, like, I watched a lot of, um, like, YouTubers cover this episode because there's a lot of stuff that I missed, but we've heard about witches before, basically. Um, in in uh, Avengers Endgame, when Thor travels back to Thor 2 and, like, runs into his mother, his mom knows that he's from the future because she was raised by witches. And it, it's sort of... Confirms there that in the MCU, witches are able to protect the future to some extent. Um, and then I think... Uh, who else makes a reference to witches? I, it might be in a Doctor Strange movie, but someone makes a reference to how witches can see the future. I vaguely remember witches being brought up in Ant-Man. Um, one of Peter Parker's teachers in Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home, he believes in witches. So... They sort of, like, you know, in, in small dosages... Oh, yeah, no, in, in, in Thor 3, uh, Thor asks Loki if he saw like saw this happening, and Loki's like, how could I have known this happened? I can't see the future, I'm not a witch or something. Um, so they've made little references to the fact that witches exist in the world, either, you know, through superstition or through actual magic, and that they have the ability to see the future, which is kind of important, um... I'm I'm guessing, in Agatha's case, she can't see too far into the future. I think she probably saw that Wanda was going to show up in Westview, and and create this big bubble. And so she had this vision, <laughs> vision. She had this future sight situation, and then went to vet Westview in preparation. Because that was the thing too. People are like, "How the hell did Agatha like sneak into Westview after Wanda created the whole sitcom reality?" and the explanation's, like, kind of right there for you. Agatha had this prediction. You know, she, she saw the future and saw that Wanda was coming to Westview. So she showed up beforehand and made sure to sort of insert herself, knowing what was going to happen. Is what I'm, I'm gathering here. Um, so, yeah, we get references to witches everywhere. <coughs> we get a little bit of the magic stuff. Um... Agatha's draining people's life away, which is, you know, just rude, basically. <laughs> um, but it sort of sets a precedent for what the episode's going to be about, because now we know Agatha's deal is, right? We don't know exactly why she used dark magic. Um, some people seem to think it has a connection to her husband, Ralph, who we still haven't seen, but we keep hearing about. Um, it's very, like, there's been theories before that maybe Ralph is, like, some sort of demon, or at least a demonic character, like, um, Mephisto or Nightmare. But now I'm starting to think that maybe Ralph is an undead character, because typically dark magic, at least in, like, pop culture, is like, oh, I want to bring someone back from the dead or something, or, or, or otherwise. Um, so that makes me think that maybe Ralph was some, like, her her husband or her lover in, like, the 1600s, in that uh, something happened, he died, and Agatha used dark magic to bring him back. Because she also mentions that she's capable of necromancy, which is the magic of manipulating the undead. And that would be interesting, too, because we've been wondering where the character Grim Reaper sort of falls into place here, because 
we've seen the green this character, the Grim Reaper. We've seen his helmet in like a cameo like position, I guess. But we didn't know if that was just a cameo or if the character's gonna actually appear in the comics. I don't think the Grim Reaper is actually an undead person, but I think that would be kind of an interesting like draw or an interesting like connect the dots to make uh was Agatha's like dead husband Ralph the Grim Reaper or something. I don't think that's what they're gonna do. <laughs> I just think, you know, if it's a, if it ends up being a character, it would kind of make sense if it was Grim Reaper, just given his whole theme. Um, but I could be wrong. Ralph could be a skeleton. He could be a demon. Uh, he could be he could be the rabbit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Agatha's deal. That's her bag. And then when we cut to like the modern day, uh, she's holding Wanda sort of prisoner in her coven. Is that what it's called? I think it's called. The, in her lair, in her, ma in her witch's lair under under Westview. And there's all these magical... Okay, so we... I don't know about we, but I thought at least that <laughs> the doors and the seals in her witch's lair might have been multiversal in nature, like there were portals. They actually turn out to be runes that prevent Wanda from using magic, right? We still don't know what the book is about. We still don't exactly know what the deal with the rabbit is, but... Something that's really cool is that Agatha... Because the most we know about magic is through Doctor Strange. And with Doctor Strange, that's kind of a side of magic that's very different from what witches are all about. Like, it's more like Doctor Strange is, like, fantasy magic. And it feels like Agatha is more old-school, like, myth and rumor magic, right? She uses mind-control magic on a fly... And then she uses uh, transmutation magic to turn the fly oh, into a bird. Um, and that's, again, very... Because she's doing this and she's telling Wanda, like, you... <laughs> these are both very advanced spells and you did them to the, to an entire town, like, easily. You changed people's clothes, you mind-controlled them. It It's nuts. And <laughs> it's, like, something that Agatha's spent... I don't want to do the math, but she's been alive since 1693, so, like, something she's spent, like, a hundred years or whatever, I guess plus, a hundred years plus learning how to do, Wanda just did it off the cuff, right? So, I have this whole place in this show, because we've been wondering, like, is she the one that's been putting Wanda under the spell? Is she responsible for this whole reality? What is her place here? Um... It turns out she's just, like, not a fan, and I wouldn't say, like, obsessive either. She's just, like, curious. Like, she's found someone who is most likely a witch, um, is a witch, I guess, they kind of confirm it, but, like, someone capable of this much power just coming out of nowhere. Because it's not like, you know, prior to, to the WandaVision show and everything... Wanda was just, like, an Avenger, which is important. She saved the world or whatever, but, like, I'm sure there are people that are, like, people in the MCU who know about the Avengers and don't really know what Wanda's deal is. Even even given the events of, like, Civil War and stuff, I feel like there are people who are like, oh, yeah, there's Captain America, there's Hulk, there's the, there's the woman in the red coat, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... And then... I think Agatha, we, I can't tell if Agatha wants to take Wanda's magical powers, or if she just wants to learn and find out what Wanda's deal is. Um, she also sort of confirms that 
she was controlling Pietro, or the fake Pietro. There's another interesting, interesting thing about this. So, she's like, yeah, I was using Pietro, fake Pietro, to, you know, kind of learn more, which is why Pietro was asking so many questions about how Wanda used her powers and made references to things that, like, Pietro knows that, like, he should know. Like, the fact that Pietro knows how he died, he only knows that because, assumingly, Agatha read about how he died. So she she was puppeteering this guy who we still don't know who this Quicksilver lookalike is. But, um, okay. So, sorry, Mo Burby. <sighs> we don't know who Quicksilver is, this other Quicksilver guy. But we know that he was being manipulated by Agatha. Um, oh, yeah, here's the other thing. So... She doesn't straight up say who he is, but she does say that he's not the real Pietro, because the real Pietro is buried in another country, Sokovia, <laughs> um, which is far away, and, like, could, she says, like, I could use necromancy, but, you know, I don't have time to travel all the way to Sokovia to basically dig up his body, um, and, and that's really interesting to me, because it's like... I'm assuming necromancy is one of those high-tier witch powers. Because Agatha, in a previous episode, seems kind of surprised that Wanda can bring people back to life. And according to Wanda, she says this like a couple times, she can't bring people back to life. But we know she recreates the vision. So that kind of creates some questions here. Um, so Agatha, I guess as a confirmation here, she can bring people back from the dead. Which, again, might relate back to Ralph... Um, I don't know. <laughs> but but we know that she can do that. She says that she can do it. Um, so let's see. She talks about Pietro. And then to sort of figure out how Wanda's powers work, she forces Wanda to sort of walk through her own memories um, in a sort of Ghost of Christmas Past sort of fashion. Um, and of course, Wanda has no choice because Agatha has the kids somewhere. So they go, and basically the the bulk of the episode is sort of the the major moments from Wanda's life, which I really appreciate because, you know, when we first met her, she was just kind of like a, a hot topic rebel from Sokovia. You know, she had the dark rings around her eyes. She kind of looked like a horror movie character, kind of. She was so different back then, dude. I mean, they don't, they don't like vividly recreate what she looked like in Age of Ultron, but if you look at Elizabeth Olsen's, like, whole deal in Age of Ultron, it's so much darker and, like, not dark like scary, but, like, dark in, um, like, style, I guess. Um, she, she's completely, like, a unrecognizable character. Um, which isn't a bad thing. I don't mind that she looked that way, but it's just, it's jarring, you know what I mean? Um, it's kind of like, uh, Actually, I don't even know if there's another character that has that diverse of a look from one movie to another. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but we go back to Wanda's childhood, and we kind of get some, again, this is a lot of blanks being filled in. Uh, when Wanda was a kid, with living with her brother Pietro and her parents, um, she the, the, the whole family would watch sitcoms, and her favorite show was The Dick Van Dyke Show. Um, but they had a bunch of other, like, bootleg DVDs of, uh, 
have like you know Malcolm in the Middle and uh, Bewitched and stuff. So that's where the whole sitcom thing comes from. Sitcoms are a source of comfort for Wanda. I imagine after the show they won't be. <laughs> um, but she associates a happy family and a happy life with sitcoms. Um, and like, listen, they don't, it's not like the dad walks in and he's like, oh man, they ran into Wanda's real dad out there in the streets. Like, we don't know. We don't know if they're like, because <laughs> they could retcon it and make it so that's not her dad and, and that Magneto's her dad. I don't, I really don't care. I feel like they're going to fight to work Magneto into Scarlet Witch's life, but I honestly don't care one way or the other. Would it be weird if Magneto showed up and he wasn't related to Wanda at all? Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, I don't think that's important right now. It's, you know, I've been getting more and more pissed off with, like, other people making videos on the show and talking about X-Men and talking about, you know, how they're going to bring mutants into the MCU. And, like, I guess I'm only upset because there's so much else happening in WandaVision that's really entertaining and interesting and instead of appreciating what the show's doing from a character perspective, people are kind of just waiting for the mutant word to drop. Um, <laughs> it's so dumb. And I've even seen people be like, oh, Agatha uses the word transmutation when she's doing a spell. Um, mutants, you know, mutants confirmed, guys. They, they use the word mutant. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Just be patient. Jeez. Um... But, let's see, Little Kid Wanda and her family are watching the Dick Van Dyke show. It's specifically an episode about having a nightmare, so, reference to nightmare? I don't know. Um, and then the, the Stark bomb <laughs> drops into the house. Oh, God. Like, th this is the scene that, like, that Wanda and Pietro talk about in Age of Ultron, where there's a Stark bomb in their house, and it kills their parents, and they're kind of waiting for it to go off. And, and this is the interesting bit. The sitcom is still on, like, on the TV in the background. And Wanda can see it, and she can see the bomb. And this is, like, little kid Wanda. She's got to be, like, ten years old or something. She puts out a hand. And, like, we don't see what happens next, but... Agatha... She comes to the conclusion that... Not only has Wanda been a witch her whole life, but the reason the bomb didn't go off is because Agatha thinks that, uh, Wanda used a probability hex, which is basically a form of magic that alters the probability of things, which also lines up with what Scarlet Witch's powers were originally in the comics. I think when she first showed up in Marvel Comics, her power was to control probability, like the likelihood of things happening. Um, and obviously they changed that to magic, and then they changed it to, like, telepathy and, and psychic powers and then magic again it's been all over the place but um and for some reason it's connected to being a mutant so it's genetically genetically she's magic i don't know that's kind of that's kind of magic from the x-men's whole bag is <laughs> being genetically magic um <clears throat> but yeah it that's uh, you know i'm not super down with the idea that she and pietro were always mutants or something they don't say that but people are assuming that but I do like the idea that she's always had some sort of magic in her. Because otherwise, Stark technology is, like, flawless. Like, Stark technology doesn't... Like, there's no such thing as a dud for a Stark bomb. Um, 
know, I didn't look, go back and look, but I wonder if the Stark missile that hit their house and killed their parents but didn't blow up is, like, the same model as the one that, hit, like, nearly killed Tony Stark in Iron Man 1. I think someone should go back and look at that. I'm not going to do it, but um, that would be a cool bit of, like, I don't know about continuity, because, like, again, by that point, uh, how old is Tony supposed to be? Oh, man, I don't know if they ever explained that, like, the age difference. I, I guess Tony would probably be in his 20s by the time, because he's got to be, like, 10 to 15 years older than, than Scarlet Witch, assumedly, because um, in Age of Ultron, she and her brother are supposed to be, like, maybe in their early 20s. I don't know, but that that was the thing that came to mind. Because it's like, you see the Stark bomb, and it, you know, I get that Robert Downey Jr. is, like, done right now. But it would have been so great if, because we never got the scene where Tony, like, goes to Pietro and Wanda and, is, and like, apologizes. Tony never, on screen, apologized for kind of killing their parents. Especially when the whole driving force of Age of Ultron was that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver hated Tony Stark, you know? That's a missed opportunity. I was really hoping when the show started out, we might have gotten some sort of closure to that. Maybe Wanda... I mean, there's still time. We still have an episode. Maybe Wanda will offhandedly regard how, like, before Tony died, he apologized or something. I don't know. She Fucking, they were on the same Avengers team. It's not like Tony disappeared prior to his death like there was <laughs> there was a long gap of time there where tony could have apologized i guess civil war got in the middle of that though i don't know that's if this show wraps up without any sort of nod to that to like tony and wanda having to work together after what happened um i guess that'll be one gripe i have especially because this show's done such a good job at like tying up loose ends like what Wanda's past is, and, you know, how she feels about her brother, and how she feels about uh, Vision. I almost called them Vision. <laughs> um, that should have been the name of the show, Vision. Vision Detection. Um, but yeah, please, I, I hope this show does something about that. That's just always bugged me. Like, it's kind of like, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about the Fast and the Furious. It's kind of like when they killed off this character, Han, they had Jason Statham show up and kill Han, and then, like, a couple movies later, Jason Statham's character is, like, part of, um, the Fast and Furious family, and it's like, yeah, but didn't he kill, like, one of our, like, good friends? <laughs> I guess that's also a Dragon Ball Z thing. <laughs> Piccolo shoots Goku, and then, like, a couple years later, they're, they're pals. <laughs> uh, but what's a couple of laser beams between friends, right? So... We go from Wanda as a little kid to Wanda, I guess, in her teens or 20s, um, when she's part of Hydra, and Hydra's using Loki's staff to try and invoke some sort of reaction out of Wanda. And they mention that Wanda's the first subject who didn't die from interacting with the stone, which, you know, dark. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, it, okay, so there's a couple ways to perceive what happens here. It looks like the stone comes out of the scepter, goes up to Wanda, and then bursts into the yellow mind stone we know we know it to be inside of Loki's staff, right? 
which like in hindsight it was probably a bad idea for Thanos to give Loki one of the stones when his whole goal was collecting them but um so the mind stone seems to like awaken something in Wanda maybe tap into like a power that was held inside of her and when she interacts with the mind stone in this scene she sees a vision <laughs> she sees herself in the future or something so some people think that maybe because she sees basically the scarlet witch in quotations right has the whole like robe thing has um the m crown on her head but it's kind of her in silhouette and I guess what the scene is supposed to be conveying is, uh, hold on, what's, what does is, what is the Wikipedia kind of <laughs> display it as? Yeah, she sees an apparition, and it basically looks like the comic version of one of uh, Scarlet Witch. And people think that maybe it's like, because like Scarlet Witch in this universe ends up being some sort of mythical being. So people think it's like the Scarlet Witch trying to communicate with Wanda, I think the Mind Stone just kind of showed Wanda what her true potential looks like. Like, she's supposed to become this thing, this, this Scarlet Witch figure. Um, and then she passes out. And seemingly this unlocks, you know, her powers. Because, you know, from Age of Ultron, this is where her powers kind of really start kicking. She can do telepathy and telekinesis and stuff. Um, which seem to be basic magical aspects. Um, especially since we know Agatha can do mind control, too. So... She, she she passes out, and the, the people at Hydra who are watching this footage, it's cut different for them. Like, in the scene, she walks into the room, and then she just falls down, and they don't know what happened to her. So, maybe everything that happened with the Mind Stone was in Wanda's head, or, because we, we've seen that, like, when the characters at S.W.O.R.D. watch the WandaVision sitcom scenes are cut out of that, too. So I'm wondering if this is just some sort of ability that Wanda has where she can erase people's memories to some extent. Because the footage is cut in the sitcom, but the footage is also cut from the, um, the cameras that the Hydra people are watching. I don't know. I, I hope they kind of explain that, too, but... To me, at least, it seems like Wanda's affecting people's minds, not so much affecting, like, cameras and stuff. That would be kind of weird. I guess that could be a form of probability manipulation, though. Like, she she made it so, the like, the, the cameras glitched out at this specific moment. I don't know. It's always weird when magic sort of affects machinery. Um, <sighs> excuse me. <laughs> My notes are smaller, but there's still a lot to talk about for this episode. Um... We get a scene of uh, Wanda at Avengers Compound, which is nice. They kind of recreate her room from the one scene in um, Captain America Civil War. That's cool. Um, she's watching, I think, Malcolm in the Middle. And Vision walks in through the wall <laughs> because he, he's he got ish, he's got a problem with doors, apparently. <laughs> that's his, that's his, his, his trait. He doesn't respect doors. Um, or boundaries, I guess. Um... I, can't remember, I think he's wearing clothing. I think he's wearing like a sweater vest, which is nice. Because again, in Civil War, he wears a sweater vest for some scenes. It's it's fun seeing the Vision clothes. I didn't mention it before because like we were in a sitcom reality, but I kind of forgot that in real life, 
yeah, Vision wore clothing, which is just nice. I guess because people wear clothes. <laughs> um, but he, we get a nice sentiment, sentimental moment. You've probably seen this like on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, but Wanda's talking about her depression and how she just lost her brother and her country and, and all that stuff. And assumingly this is before the events of Civil War, and it's still early in Vision's life with the Avengers, but Vision sort of makes a thing of like, you know, I was <laughs> I was basically just born yesterday, so I've never experienced loss because I don't love anyone. I don't have any close ties just yet. Because again, he, he, he's just starting out with the Avengers. Assumedly, he'll build relationships with them. But um, he his line is like, what is grief if not like love persevering? Which is nice. It's a really nice moment. They keep watching Malcolm in the Middle. They laugh. It's nice. It's a nice, you know... I think it's it's good because for a while in this show... Okay, so, like... <laughs> we know by the end of this episode that the version of Vision in WandaVision isn't the same Vision as the MCU Vision. It's not the same character as... Um, the character we've seen in Age of Ultron and in Captain America Civil War and in the Avengers movies. Um, we know that he's based off that vision and then he has sort of the same feelings for Wanda that that vision had. But there's not the, it's not the same memories, not the same experience. So I guess what I'm saying is I really like this scene because this is the original vision and this is, you know, kind of the beginning of their relationship Wanda and uh, Envision, that is. And it's... Because it's so early, and because it's unlike the sitcom, it's, I think, a more genuine representation of what their relationship is. Like, Wanda is this chasm of depression and trauma, and she doesn't think that anyone can understand that. And instead of Vision coming in and trying to, underst or trying to understand it, he sort of comes in with a more optimistic blank, like not blank slate, but like vision is still a, he's still a pretty new entity. He doesn't know as much about life as other people. What he's, what he does know is still fresh and new. It's kind of like vision's been uncorrupted because he hasn't lived as long as everyone else. He has sort of the innocence and, not, I don't want to say black and white nature, but like, he's still optimistic about the world because he hasn't lived in it yet. And that, that optimism, that outlook, combined with just how intelligent the Vision is, it makes him sort of the perfect partner for Wanda. So, it's just nice. It's a nice scene that really, really supports where this where this relationship was sort of founded on, you know. Um, so we get that, and then the final memory is Wanda, after being, like, after Endgame, when she, comes, when she comes back to life, it's her going to S.W.O.R.D. Sword headquarters and trying to find the Vision's body because she wants to bury him. Because, you know, to, to her, he's a person, and he, and he should be buried. Um... So Wanda goes to S.W.O.R.D., and Hayward lets her in, and, you know, Hayward meets her. And it's interesting, right, because Hayward, 
he won't let Wanda take the Vision's body. And in fact, when Wanda sees Vision, he's being dissected, basically. And she wants to take him and bury him. Hayward won't let her do that. Hayward will let Wanda say goodbye. And the thing that Hayward says that's kind of sketchy here, he sort of implies that Wanda would bring him back to life. And Wanda says, like, I can't do that. I can't bring Vision back to life. Um, and Hayward also calls Vision it. He doesn't call him him. Um, again, we still don't know. Because <laughs> Wanda... We, Hayward mentioned before that Wanda broke into the sword and stole Vision's body. We know now that it's a lie. Because Wanda shows up, she says goodbye to Vision, and then she just leaves sword without him. So... Hayward's a big fat liar, which, you know, we already kind of knew. He was tracking the vision privately from everyone else. Um, he's building his own, or he built his own vision in the background. So, like, we don't know what his deal is. Maybe he's actually Ultron, or maybe he's just his own character. I don't know. It's very, it's interesting. It puts a new layer on this character. The fact that not only, not only is he blaming Wanda for everything... And actively trying to kill her now. But before... He... He, he let her walk away. Because it's weird, right? It's not like if he really wanted her dead, he could have killed her then. But she wasn't a threat then. But then he goes and puts the idea in her head that she could revive Vision. And then and then later he lies about her stealing the body. I'm guessing maybe he Hayward was banking on... All the sword agents being like, oh yeah, we'll kill Wanda because she stole Vision's wa body and that's wrong. Um, whereas if Wanda didn't steal the body and it was just doing her own thing, maybe they wouldn't kill her? I don't know. It's so weird. I mean, I, I'll i say this, I appreciate that Hayward has this new layer to him where he's kind of manipulative and he kind of lies and he's sort of cutting corners to get his way. I think that's kind of a... Because up until now, again, I've been, I've been complaining. He's just generic military villain. But the fact that he's been lying and he has this secret project at least makes him a bit more interesting as a villain, I'll say. Um, oh, yeah, and I, I wrote it down as Hayward's big, fat, vibranium lie because, you know, because he never lost the Vision's body. So th th this... Okay. I shouldn't have freaked out as much as I did about this. So Wanda gets to her car, and she has this deed that I guess... People think that it was left in her car, but I think I think she had it to begin with. I don't know. I think the plan was that she was going to bury the Vision at this plot of land that Vision got them. Like, prior to the Infinity War and stuff, Vision got this plot of land in Westview. Um... And they were going to build a house, and they were going to grow old there together, like retire and stuff. Um, and and Wanda has the deed to this this plot of land. I was kind of assuming that if she got to take the Vision's corpse, she would have buried him there or something. Um, but she had that in her car. I don't think anyone left it for her. Um, unless someone did, and she's being manipulated even more. I hope not. I'm. They can't have too many like twists yet, can they? Um... But she drives to Westview, and it, like, uh... <laughs> I know this isn't important, but I wrote this down. How did 
Because the deed to the house is like visions. How did Wanda get the car that she's in? You know, like... Okay. Because you have to assume after Age of Ultron, maybe Tony Stark pulled some strings and got Wanda, like, actual American, like, citizenship. But, like, did Wanda have to take driving courses in America? Like, did Steve Rogers or something have to teach Wanda how to drive a car? Because there's cars in Sokovia, but I really don't... Her parents died when she was, like, 11, so, like, am I to assume that Hydra taught her how to drive? Because that's fucked up. Someone had to teach her how to drive. Who taught her? (laughs) Was it Hydra? Was it, uh, you know, Bruce Banner or something? Because that would be funny. I want that DVD extra of just... Bruce Banner in the passenger seat trying not to freak out while Wanda... I guess it couldn't be him because he left. I guess it would have to be, like, Steve. Or maybe Clint. No, because Clint left, too. Shit, who was around when Wanda was first becoming an Avenger? There was Tony, there was Steve. It could have been Black Widow. It could have been Rhodey. I don't think they've ever had a conversation, so it could have been Rhodey. Um, could have been Falcon. I think that's everyone. It could have been Vision. I feel like it, uh, I don't know if it would be Vision, though. Like, I'm sure he'd want to, but, like, Vision Vision legally can't drive either. <laughs> Again, unless, because he's a person now. Because when they did the Sokovia Accord thing, and they had, like, paperwork for everyone to sign, it, it would, like, be, like, Steve Rogers sign here, Wanda Maximoff sign here, and then it would just say Vision sign here. Like, he doesn't have a first name, last name. I don't know if Vision has a birth certificate, but, like, again, how, how does that lead into Vision acquiring the deed to a house? Does Vision have his own money, or does he get, like, is he paid by, like, Stark Industries, you know? Does he get, like, a Stark check? And to that same effect, do, do all the characters get Stark checks? Because you see, like, I think Steve Rogers has a car. Again, we see Wanda with a car. She could have rented or bought it. But, like, you know, appropriately, it is a dark red car. But, like, I don't know. I don't know why now is what makes me question these things. I guess it's just, like, I saw Wanda driving a car, and I was like, wait, but, like, has she always known how to drive a car? Doesn't she need, like, paperwork to own a car? Or to even, like, own the deed to a house or or a plot of land? Again, it's just, is this all just Tony Stark had, had to pull a lot of strings to get these things done? Because in the case of Wanda and Vision, it's not like they're, it's not like they're, you know, your average American who's like born here or something. Not to sound ignorant or whatever. I don't know. This opens a whole can of worms that like, <laughs> I feel like, is deserving of its own conversation. Um, let me know on Facebook. Who do you think taught Wanda how to drive a car or Twitter? I'm on Twitter at the Panel Biter. Let me know who you think had to teach Wanda how to drive a car. Um, boop, 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 she has a car, uh, oh, yeah, I wrote this down, Westview, so she drives to Westview, because the plot of land that Vision bought is in Westview, Westview looks miserable, dude, it's, like, kind of grayscale, like, it, I know it's not actually grayscale, but it looks just, like, flat colors, it almost looks abandoned, it's, like, not a busy town, you see key characters, you see, um, the neighbor Herb, 
you see the the guy with like the push broom black mustache hanging up like piano lesson posters. Like he hangs up this lesson for piano lessons, and then just like sighs. Like he looks miserable and just walks away. Um, and then you see I think Vision's boss's wife at like a cafe drinking coffee or something. Um, you see the mailman who's just I think like a pizza guy or something. Um, but Westview just looks like this miserable small town and like it, it's really like, not, not that it hits home for me cause I wouldn't say Manchester is like empty or whatever, but like I get the idea of like living in sort of like, cause Westview isn't moving in any direction by the looks of it. It looks like it just exists and the people who live there are just sort of stuck there. You know what I mean? It just looks like a town with no real aspirations or pride. People are just living there to live, and even that isn't so fulfilling. Which is why I think it's sort of like it's appropriate that it that it is that because when Wanda turns into a sitcom reality, it becomes an idealized retro America where people are chipper and they the the community is like bustling and they have conversations and stuff. Like it, she makes it into the kind of community that Westview could never be at this, at its current, like, community level, I guess. Um, but she goes to her plot of land, and she has a meltdown, and it, it, it's very similar to the meltdown she has when Quicksilver dies in Age of Ultron. Um, it, it's probably, like, the, about the same. We haven't... She kind of has a meltdown when Vision... Eh, no, because when Vision dies, she... she did she die right after? No, she's still there. And she gets dusted. Yeah, for some reason, in the MCU, we have this idea that Wanda, Wanda has these moments of, like, magical breakdowns, but she's only really had, like, two strong magical breakdowns. But yeah, she ha she feels so much pain and, and loneliness and grief that her powers go out of control and she creates Westview. And she then recreates the vision. And it's it's supposed to be, like, this incredible scene. But, like, I couldn't be the only one who was, like, man, posing that way must have really messed up Elizabeth Olsen's back. Because she, when she's like standing up and she starts creating the vision out of yellow magic, by the way, which I think could connect to the, the Mind Stone, it could be that some... Because, again, she, she was affected by the Mind Stone, so, like, hmm... <laughs> it it could be that the Mind Stone is, like, its own intelligence, its own, like, sentience, basically, that imprinted onto the Vision, because the Vision's already, like, a, like a fucking stew of, of brainwaves. He's got Bruce Banner, he's got Tony, he's got Ultron, he's got Jarvis, um, and, and I guess the Mind Stone kind of falls in that category, too. It could be that... Maybe from getting her powers from the Mind Stone, or her powers, you know, reinvigorated from the Mind Stone, or just by interacting with Vision for such a long time, that, like, the Mind Stone copied itself, and by effect Vision, into Scarlet Witch, or into Wanda, is is sort of my... what I take from this scene. Because she, she recreates Vision with, like, light, with yellow light. So I'm only assuming that there's some sort of mental copy of Vision inside of her that was implanted by the Mind Stone. That's sort of my take from that. Um, but she recreates Vision, and when she's doing this, she's standing... Okay, she's standing on two feet, 
you know, solid stance on the ground, legs kind of wide. But she is bending so far back. Like, <laughs> like the end of her hair is, like, going past her waist. That's how far she's bending back. It looks like, it looks like every parody of The Matrix, where, like, someone who's supposed to be Keanu Reeves is, like, like folding them, their body backwards to dodge bullets and then standing back up. <laughs> like, if you see that scene again, like, I, I suggest watching again, and just, like, noticing it, because that's the first thing I noticed. I wasn't like, oh, she's recreating the vision, oh, this whole reality around her. I was just like, man... It's so weird how far back she's bending half of her body. I don't know. I don't know why that's the thing I noticed. It just looks like it wasn't a comfortable position to be in. Um, it just looked weird. <laughs> um, so she recreates Vision. And then that's where we find out that's how the show WandaVision was, was made. Still some answers there that we don't necessarily understand, I think. Um, but... Again, it was probably just Wanda all along, ha ha ha. Um, and the other thing too is like, not only did Wanda create the sitcom show, but she also created sort of like a studio, I guess, because we cut to Wanda standing in the studio of her house, and you see like stage lights and director's chairs and um, and like studio seating in the background where Agatha's sitting. And we know that Agatha from a, a previous episode, was directing, like, the fourth wall stuff. So I'm wondering if Wanda created the studio set or if the studio set was created by Agatha? I don't know. Because if Wanda's creating this reality to be a sitcom, assumedly she'd create, like, a studio to go with it because she knows that it's fake. It's not a real thing. But then again, we saw Agatha, Agatha sitting in a director's chair in another episode. I don't know. The studio is a whole other thing. It's a whole other mystery. I bet I bet Mephisto made the studio. That's what he did. Um, then, uh, what is it? She runs outside. Wanda does. She, Wanda runs outside, and Agatha's there on the street. And Agatha has her, her kids, Billy and Tommy, tied up with like, magical bands. It's kind of like... Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Doctor Strange nerd moment. In the comics, Doctor Strange, one of Doctor Strange's sort of most reliable spells are the Crimson Bands of Ciderac, where he creates these big red ribbons that'll wrap around you, and they're nearly unbreakable. And the Crimson Bands of Ciderac are powered by the magical entity uh, Ciderac, who's sort of like a god of destruction. He's the guy that gives Juggernaut his powers. That's how kind of relevant and powerful he is in the MCU. Or I guess in the Marvel comics. We haven't seen Ciderac yet. But hey, now we can because it's a Fox-Disney merger thing. Um, and I think we see... I think we see Doctor Strange use the bands of Ciderac maybe in Infinity War. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, but she... Agatha sort of does something similar. She has these purple bands that she puts around the kids. Like around their necks, basically. And again, I think we're to assume... Wanda created the kids from magic the same way she created Vision. I don't know. Could be. I'm hoping, because we got to figure out some way to keep these kids alive after the show's done. It would be, like, a surprise twist, though, if they just didn't. If after WandaVision, they just didn't do anything with Tommy or Billy. They're like, ah, we got enough young characters. We don't need, we don't need complicated kid A and then complicated kid B. 
complicate kid. There you go. Um, and then, <laughs> so like, I've been pretty, I, I love Agatha Harkness in this show. I think she's a great villain. She's fun. She's got a lot of personality. She, she like owns every scene that she's in. She's not one of those Marvel villains that's like all doom and gloom. She's like got a lot of personality and she doesn't take Wanda seriously when Wanda's trying to threaten her, which I appreciate so much because in other episodes I've been like, man, Wanda is like such a tryhard when she's being like serious. And it's so refreshing to see a character like Agatha, who is powerful and stuff, see Wanda do her little head tilt, red eyes thing, and she's like, oh, that's cute. You think you think that makes you look scary? Oh, you're so cute when you're trying to be scary. Like, I appreciate someone kind of taking Wanda down a peg so much, because this whole show is served as, like, man, Wanda's so powerful, no one can beat her, and, and you know... She's controlling everything. You're for, you're supposed to feel bad for Wanda, obviously, but at the same time, it's like someone has to be able to challenge Wanda, and and like I don't know, I don't I don't know I don't know where my beef with angry Wanda has come from, but I don't know. It, it made me appreciate Agatha as a character so much more, and I'm saying this because for as much as I like Agatha Harkness as a character in this show. And as much as I want her to stick around and be a reoccurring character, her witch outfit is something else, dude. <laughs> like, when when we first saw Monica present her powers, I said it looked kind of CWE, CW-ish, you might say. Um, holy God, Monica's got nothing on Agatha. Agatha's got these kids by the necks, and she's floating, <laughs> like, five feet maybe eight feet in the air, she's got huge black hair, like wild black hair. She, she looks crazy. And this black hair is going everywhere. She looks like the Medusa villain from Powerpuff Girls. Her hair is just fucking everywhere. There's wind coming from nowhere and blowing her hair up, which is kind of weird. <laughs> the wind, You don't see anyone else's hair move, but there's a private fan in front of Agatha that's making her hair blow like crazy. Um... They gave her, I think they were, like, drawn-on eyebrows, and her nose looks way more, like, not pronounced, but, like, it, it looks like they used makeup to make the nose look more kind of stern and pronounced. Um, and then her eyes, I don't know what the fuck they did to her eyes, I think they gave her contacts, but her, her eyes are huge. Not her actual eyes, but, like, um, oh god, what are they called? Not the pupils, the irises, I guess? I think that's it. Like, the black part of her eyes, not the pupils, the iris, whatever. They're huge. They're, she's just got big eyes. <laughs> it's like... And she's got, like, this witch's outfit on. We kind of saw the beginning of the witch's outfit in the previous episode. But, um... I get that she's supposed to be an old-timey witch, but, like... What the fuck? Why does she look so silly? Oh, I don't like it. I don't like the hair. I don't like what they did to her. I feel like this is just, like... I guess because we've seen Agatha change so many of her looks throughout the show, but she always managed to look, like, confident, and, like, she didn't have the look of, like, a witch, but I feel like if you put her just in a raggedy purple witch outfit and kept her face looking the same, it would have been fine. Especially since you see her in, in, the, in the past, in, like, the 1600s, and she looks almost the same as she does now. 
why the fuck does she have, like, Super Saiyan hair? Well, not Super Saiyan hair. She's got, like, DBZ hair. Black hair just spikes up everywhere. And super big eyes. I don't get it. I'm not a fan. Uh, and it was so jarring, too, because Wanda just... She walks outside of the house onto the street, and Agatha's just... It's the broad daylight, and Agatha's just fucking floating there. It's so weird. Um, and then we get the name drop. Agatha's like... You're something else, Wanda. You're something that shouldn't exist. You're a magical power that should have never been. You're, you're a Scarlet Witch. And, like, in the comics, I won't go into it, but there's a whole, like, history and lore behind the name Scarlet Witch. Um, I, assuming they're going to do the same thing here. But in this, they might treat it more as, like, a magical boogeyman. Like, the Scarlet Witch is some sort of mythical entity that just exists in witch culture. Um, and Agatha is like, you're dangerous, you don't know the full extent of your abilities, and she, she also clarifies that Wanda's powers are chaos magic, um, which ultimately, ultimately makes her the Scarlet Witch. So, I guess the Scarlet Witch in the MCU is a witch that has used chaos magic. In the comics, chaos magic was sort of an excuse for a little while, like, when they were first developing Wanda's character and how her powers worked, they called it Chaos Magic, which is just an uncontrollable magic that corrupts the people that use it. Kind of like what Dark Magic is supposed to be in the show as well. But, um, Chaos Magic is just this raw, uncontrollable magical source. And in the comics, eventually Doctor Strange shows up and he's like, yeah, no, there's no such thing as Chaos Magic. Wanda is just a fucked up person. Like, Magic doesn't come in different forms of, like, alignment. Magic is a tool that people use. Magic's, magic is only bad if a bad person uses it, is basically what Doctor Strange says. Um, and again, this could be something they bring into the show in, like, the Doctor Strange sequel, or if he shows up in this show at the last episode. Um, but, like... Uh, it, it's interesting. Because on one hand... Chaos Magic and the Scarlet Witch being sort of a prophecy thing is kind of neat. I don't mind if if they end up making want, uh, the Scarlet Witch sort of like this mythical chosen one kind of character, given everything she's been through, um, and maybe make her new path in life to control Chaos Magic and master her powers. That's fine. Um, but at the same time, I would also appreciate if someone showed up and was like, yeah, no, Chaos Magic, It's it's this old traditional rumor thing like like witches sort of believe in, like the old ways of magic whereas characters like dr strange are like no <laughs> much like modern science modern wizards and sorcerers have made discoveries about how magic works that sort of debunks older ways which you know either way i think that would be a cool idea like a cool like background premise like for witches, it's like, you are either A or B, and that's destiny or whatever. And for sorcerers, it's like, no, you control your own destiny to an extent. And magic is just a tool, and we understand it better because we kept researching it. Like, because it's a very real thing, at least, you know, in real life. There are people that, there are people in the world that still believe leeches can cure diseases. But obviously, a lot of people know that they can't do that because science has moved on and we've made discoveries that leeches are bad one way or another. Um, so I like the idea that in the magical community of the MCU, there are people that believe in 
magic in the old ways, and there are people that know what magic is now as a concept. I think that's cool. Especially since we've had versions of magic explained in, like, the Thor movies as, like, magic is a science that humans don't understand yet. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, I like that there's different ways that people can perceive and interpret magic in the MCU. I like that. Um, but she's like, you're a dirty Scarlet Witch, fuck you, and then, <laughs> just like that. Um, and then the post credit scene is Hayward going into this room, and he's like, alright, it's time to unveil my weapon, and now that Wanda's giving me the final key, I'm gonna be the bad guy in the show. Um, and we revealed the drone that Wanda sent back that still had re her residual chaos magic power over it, um, Hayward uses the power from that drone to, I guess, wake up his copy of the Vision. And, and this is really interesting. I guess this is Project Cataract that we read about in the in past episode. Um, but this is... People call it White Vision because it's a completely white-bodied Vision. And he has, like, blue eyes and stuff. He looks like if Apple made a Vision. Um, <laughs> and he's got this... He's got, like, a triangle in his head that's kind of reminiscent of Tony Stark's arc reactor... And I'm wondering if maybe that's what they did. Like, in in the place of the soul, or I guess the mind gem, mind stone, whatever. Bleh. In the place of the mind stone, they must have put a small arc reactor to power this new vision. And in order to fully activate him, give him his powers and stuff, they needed some source of Wanda's powers, is what I'm uh, gathering from this. Um, and of course, you know, if you've... If you've been on the internet since seeing this episode, you'll know that there was a time in the comics where the Vision was completely white, and he had no personality or, like, memories. So, I'm guessing that's what this Project Cataract is. Um, it's a blank slate version of Vision that, assumedly, Hayward will control. Um, again, this might lead into maybe Ultron coming back to life through this copy of Vision. It could lead into the recreation of Vision in Westview, maybe merging with White Vision. And that could be cool, because it, it, it would, A, bring Vision back, but I think it would be a, a thing of, like, they merge, and then they become White Vision. And Hayward and Sword is like, all right, cool, we get to keep our Vision. We He's fully powered. We can use him to fight bad guys. Like, we can basically put him on a Dark Avengers team or something. But, like, in the background, slowly, White Vision is sort of turning into original Vision. That would be a cool twist. I'd like that a lot. Like, that's the way we get Vision back to life, is making him sort of a government slave until he eventually slowly turns back into his previous self. That would be a cool idea. That way, too, in a future movie, you know, when you have, like, I don't know, the evil government Avengers fighting the, the young, new generation Avengers... You can have a twist where it's like White Vision turns on his teammates because he's he's become his old self again. I think that'd be a cool twist. Um, but yeah, that's the ending scene is is White Vision. So I'm guessing we're gonna get Vision versus Vision. We'll get Witch versus Witch. We'll get Jimmy Woo versus Hayward, which would be fun. That's why I'm hoping Hayward isn't Ultron, just so that Jimmy Woo can beat the ever loving shit out of him. Um, I don't know who Monica's gonna fight. I guess whatever third characters involved here maybe quicksilver maybe the rabbit i don't know if the rabbit turns into a giant monster that'd be dumb but at least monica could fight something 
Um, but yeah, a lot of things in this episode. A lot of little things to pick up on, too, which I appreciate. So, last episode is in a couple days. I'm really excited for it. Whew, man, what a, what a chonker of a show, I'll tell you what. But uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening to me ramble about this episode. I hope you're as excited for the next episode as I am. Again, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, let me know who, who taught Scarlet Witch how to drive. Let me know who helped Vision, I guess, like, get credit. Because I think you need credit to get, like, a home or buy land. I don't know. Let me know how that works. And uh, I'll, t- I'll talk to you guys next episode. Bye-bye.